Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to rock? Batista with the catch! And Andy Tennant is a starting pitcher! I don't think he's pleased. Raymond Green looks like Duncan from Trish. Right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. We're going to drink. A lot of beer tonight. Hey, I'm just here, so I won't get fine. I know words. I had the best words. Am I being punked or something? Or it's time for Fanatic Radio. From Studio One by Radio Star Garden, so I'm catch across the country about the Radio Lab for 360.com. This is Fanatic Radio. We are the Millennial Show. Happy Valentine's Day from all of us here on Fanatic Radio. I'm your host, Mike Gardner, joining the always notorious Ben Florence. And not only is it just a very special Valentine's Day, it is, well, some say ball night, and others say that's, that's pretty much it. It's race night, as we are currently live. Actually, I'm watching the uh, one of the two Gander RV duels in Daytona. Which we'll get to in a bit. NASCAR is officially among us. Flo and I were very excited for that. Uh, we will talk about that later in the show. But uh, big, big Flo, it's uh, we're back on schedule after our catch-up show. We were able to catch our breath and uh, everything going strong for uh, for you on your end. Sorry about that. Yeah, I uh, everything's going smoothly down here. I was actually out sick uh, at, mm. from work today, but beyond that, an apology for the audio issues. My including my headphones are not up to par. Um, yeah, everything uh, going well down here, and I hope as well for you up in the uh, beautiful Finger Lakes country. This is brilliant. Um, do you, what, what headphones do you use, by the way? Because I actually that's actually a, a, good, a great way to start the show. You know, it has nothing to do with sports, but. Do you own uh, the, the headphones you use? Do you still use the Apple headphones with the microphone built into the wire, or do you have the AirPods, the ones that that swept the nation for about two days? Yeah, I use the kind of old school Apple iPhones. I have not gotten into the AirPods yet. I'm I'm still not a fan of the AirPod look. I think, frankly, with no disrespect to anybody, they look kind of kind of douchey. Uh, yes. To use a technical term. So I still use the old school ones, and maybe that's my downfall because I have had a lot of success in recent months and years, if you will, with my current slate of headphones. But what do I know? Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I don't use AirPods. There's a guy at work that has them, and let's just say he's not well liked. Uh, anyway, we will we will talk. We so we will definitely say, as I mentioned, the NASCAR is officially among us. The duels are going on right now. So if I just if I start yelling midway through the show, you'll know what it is. Currently, we're one third of the way of the 60 lap extravaganza. Uh, Fox is is trying to pick up the pieces 
of of last year's broadcast, and it's I don't know more more to that to come. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the season, the driver changes, the uh, the alleged silly seasons we have, NASCAR's rise and fall. Uh, but and we'll talk some football as well because we have some some little football news. But I want to start with a sport that I feel like we've gotten that's gotten no love ever since it tipped off back in October, November, is college basketball. I want to start off by saying shout-out to shout out to my Dukies. Fantastic game as they came from behind, down 23 points against Louisville. 16th-ranked Louisville on the road in the Yum Center. And proved that they were not just a Final Four team, but a team that could clearly win the national championship this year. They would not, have, they would not be denied. K cooked up. The great two-two-one uh, mid-court press at the right time, but but it's, I think the reason why we haven't talked about college basketball flow is other than Duke, Virginia, and Tennessee, it's everything else seems like such a toss-up. Is is this shaping up to be? Is that a good thing as we get closer to March, or is it bad that there's only so many clear favorites and that the race is so wide open? Well, usually I feel like, especially as we come into this point of the season. Uh, in mid-February, before we get into March, and certainly before we get into conference championships, there may only be the the field is usually wide open, but there sometimes is a team that has kind of solidified themselves as the cream of the crop, and certainly that is the Dukies, for better or for worse, the I mean, Zion Williamson freak, and uh, already looking like the runaway player of the year. Um, then, and you mentioned, you know, for, a, you know, that's the, you know, they're going to a tough road environment, like going to Louisville, Yum Center, and coming back from 23 points. I love that Mike Krzyzewski told this guy, like, listen, we're going to win this game. And yeah. They, and, he's, and I was like, yeah, I think I was lying to them. Although, clearly I didn't. So, <sighs> this is a really talented Duke team. They've been really fun to watch. Obviously, time will tell how they perform uh, come March. But this is a team that's looking like they're going to be in tip-top shape and uh, arguably the team to be come March. Who's been so? Who's been? Um, have you have you have you watched much uh, college basketball, or is it because I mean, because the NBA and the NFL has been so out of control, it's been sort of hard to catch games here and there. Yeah, I think it's definitely a lot of this is definitely around the time when I really start to get into college basketball. You know, Virginia is a team everybody remembers their UMBC uh, fiasco last year being the first one seed ever to lose. And they're, they're truly confounding a loss when you look at it in retrospect. Um, but uh, they're a strong team again. They, they don't have a lot of great players, but Tony Bennett is just such a great coach, and they play such a tremendous style defensively to where they're – so difficult to stop and it's so difficult to score on. But a team I think really to look out for that's been tremendous this year and fe- features your boy Rick Barnes leading the charge is Tennessee. Tennessee is a club that looked like the strongest team in the SEC, really had a terrific season all season long. There's a lot of talent on the club. They're also a team that could very well look like they'll be a number one seed and could very well find themselves uh, in the position to cut down the nets as we get into April. So I actually I watch I've only watched them once because the problem is they are in the SEC, which I never take seriously as a good college basketball conference. Uh, they're making me eat my words because I watched them the only time I actually I watched them twice this year, and both games they won. 
And both teams they beat were at one point in the top tw- in the top ten. They they knocked off, I guess, then number one Gonzaga, fresh off of a Gonzaga Duke when Gonzaga beat Duke in the Bow Invitational. So Tennessee was able to go into they they, they played a, I think an American Airways or Talking Stick in Phoenix, able to get a a big non-conference win against the Zags in OT. And then they turned around and beat Kansas. But, we you know, Kansas is kind of hacky this year. Tennessee, the, pro- thing, the good thing with Tennessee, they, they, not, they only play defense, but they get rebounds. And they're a senior-heavy senior team. They're very much like what Villanova was a few years ago and in that they return all their starters. They're not, not a lot of, like, not a lot of like NBA immediate NBA talent that you could recognize, but they're they're a good solid team, and they play Kentucky this Saturday. So and that's the team that's. Kind of, I, I can't I can't take Kentucky seriously there because Cal Parry's always like, this team's this team's learning as they grow. He says that every year, and they either can make a run to the, or just run out Kyle Bush, which is fantastic because, Jimmy Johnson is the root of all problems so far the speed weeks. Um, Kentucky, they, they ever since they had the Anthony Davis team, they've always been labeled as as that. And every Kentucky team, we, we always joked how they are the guys that lost to Robert Morris. So take it what you will. Um, you mentioned UVA. Tennessee's uh, Tennessee's good. It's all the dark horses, though. I will mention is well, I didn't realize Louisville was 16, but they're still they're still a mess. Um the Big 10, don't sleep on the Big 10. Michigan, even though they lost to Penn State the other night, this is usually around the time where Beeline has the as the guys ready to make a late push for March. They always are a threat in the Big 10 tournament. Get the automatic bid, get all the pressure off their chest and dominate in March. But even in the Big 10 alone, you got Michigan, Michigan State, is not getting fired because he actually has a top 25 team. And then in the Big East, you got Villanova, who lost to, I think it was Furham and Furman. And everyone's like, oh, they're, you know, championship slump. And yet, other than the other day, when they lost to Marquette, a top 10 ranked Marquette, Villanova was undefeated in the Big East. So, other than the ACC and maybe the Big 10, a lot of conferences are bad this year. We'll get to in March. Yeah, Washington's the best team in the Pac-12, and they're not even ranked. Mm. The Big East also has a few downers. Kansas State currently leads the Big 12, and I don't even think they're ranked. Yeah, because the Big 12 is full of potential big hitters. But then you got then you got the other toss-up conferences. Uh, Gonzaga as well. They're they're up there in terms of being consistent all throughout the year. So I I think. I don't know. I I love years like this because I think I think the reason why is I you know, I am I grew up a Duke fan on my own fruition, in that you know, one of the very first memories I had of college basketball was the 2001 national championship team. You know, Mike Dunleavy, Jay Williams, Carlos Boozer, those guys. And so Duke's always been my team. But the thing with Duke is they. They're always in the national conversation on prestige alone, but but sometimes for the for negative reasons. You know, you always got like great like the Christian Leitner thing, Grayson Allen's kicking players, 
North Carolina's good this year, or they lose they lose a random game to like Boston College or Georgia Tech. You know, they always go on the or go to Miami and lose. They always drop that really bad game. So that that would give me an opportunity to watch other ranked teams, mainly Big Twelve teams, because I grew up in Big Twelve country. This year, though, because Duke is the focal point for the right reasons, that's all I've watched. And I'll watch the occasional Saturday night game, but usually Duke has been the Saturday night game. And all the other games, a team I'll see ranked one weekend is is not like North Carolina. NC State, I was gonna say at the beginning of the year, they I forgot who they beat. They beat North Carolina, and or they beat someone else. They came from behind and beat someone else, and they beat North Carolina in the same week. And I'm thinking Kevin Keats, you know, he's got this team locked and loaded. And then two weeks ago, they were the, officially the worst team in college basketball by scoring 24 points in a game. That's not a typo. They, they, they go Google it. They actually only scored 24 points in a game in the shot clock era. It's like, like American University scores more than that. So I don't know who to believe. And I hate years like this. I love years like this because I get to watch the Dukies, but I hate years like this because this is a year we will get two bad teams in the Final Four. We will get your. I, I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking right now either Duke, Tennessee, or Duke Gonzaga. But this is the year that I wouldn't say a 14 seed. We're not gonna get another Loyola. But we will get like a crappy 10 seed. Remember the year Syracuse won, and I believe they knocked yeah. off Gonzaga. That was I think the Michael Carter Williams team or or Abu or uh, Abugier or whatever his name was. We're gonna get a team like that. We're gonna get a crap. We're gonna get a ten seed from like the East region, from like the West region that no one cares. Um, but they're gonna be from a Power Five conference just because they have you know good athletes. But that being said, American University is I think tied for third. So Mike Brennan allegedly will not get fired this year, which makes me sad because his, I think his time is up. This is the last year of Side Nelson, and he doesn't have a good recruit down the pipes. But that's college basketball. Good games. We'll touch on the uh, the, we'll touch on the schedule. Actually, we'll t- let's go back to green halfway in the duel. Happy Harvick leads, which is always great. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to co- we'll still go back to college basketball with the uh, schedule. Gotta go to the NBA. We are the, we are in, uh, beyond halfway. We, we are beyond halfway in the season. So naturally, it's time for the All Star break. We touched a little bit on it last week. Um, the players voted in the teams. Halfway in the NBA season, it seems like it's been more focused on guys going out trying to set see drama. Are you have you been impressed so far with the? Uh, which is amazing because we at the beginning of the year when we saw the West was loaded, we was, we said there's the West is going to be great to watch because there's going to be so much parity. Did we ever think the Milwaukee Bucks would be the best team in the league, and the Denver Nuggets would be a close second behind the Golden State Warriors? I did not for either. I thought Milwaukee was going to be good. I didn't think they were going to be this good. And the key reason why is that everybody knew that Giannis was great, but Giannis has just been so dominant this season. It's been terrific to watch. And and you mentioned the Nuggets, you know, Nikolai Jokic has been spectacular as well as of this team, and this team that was a really well-rounded club. Uh, again, a team that I saw in the Western Conference is going to be middle of the pack, mid-tier, maybe a 4-5, 6 seed. Uh, has really looked strong all season long. And they're looking like a legitimate contender in the Western Conference as well. So we've got some, some of that parity is continuing as we enter the All-Star break. What about LeBron? 
below 500, first one is career at the All-Star break. What is did we and people thought oh LeBron and the Lakers it's not going to be easy because he's left the uh, the luxury of the East Coast. Is this taking a toll on him? Do the Lakers turn it around? What's your second half predictions for uh for Tinseltown? I do think that the Lakers I do think they'll probably end up squeezing into the playoffs one way or another, but it's hard to see where things get significantly better because the team is not going to change now, barring something uh, surprising. Uh, because after they, you know, effectively swung and missed at the trade deadline, you know, the, the Anthony Davis talks did not work out. They weren't able to bring in somebody else. So the team is now kind of stuck with their current situation. And that current situation has them below 500. Like, so – Based off of LeBron, I think they still will get into the playoffs, but there's not a whole real reason to be confident about the uh, about the Lake Show this year going forward. Yeah, does that make you happy though? Are we are we are we pro LeBron, anti LeBron? Doesn't matter either way. I'm you know I'm pro LeBron. I would love to see him in the playoffs, and I know if they miss the playoffs. You'll get all the LeBron haters like, ah, well, Michael Jordan, you know, there was, you know, Michael Jordan, even though, of course, Michael Jordan missed the playoffs all years he played with the Wizards. And yeah. said that, um, I would like to see him in the playoffs because I just would love to see LeBron go at it really against anybody in the postseason, even whether it's Golden State or whomever. Um, but, you know, I, I would like to see them in the playoffs. It's not going to kill me if they don't make the playoffs because this team ultimately isn't any good, but time will tell. Yeah, I think with the Lakers, teams have figured them out. Of course, then again, they also also uh, ran the gauntlet of like the of the road of the East Coast road stretch. It's never a good thing. But what's gonna what's gonna end up hurting the Lakers in the long run is. Um, losing to the bad teams, you know they'll get they'll get up and play the Warriors, they'll get up and play whoever it is the Nuggets, the Bucks. They'll do really they'll do really well on the for the TV games, but like when you play the Atlanta Hawks, when you play the Orlando Magic, the Pelicans, whoever, the Suns, they they might lose those games, and those games will come back to bite them in the butt because those are the ones you should win. Allegedly, you should win. My thing halfway, Milwaukee, we mentioned Tennessee is a good college basketball team. Milwaukee is a good basketball team. Jonathan, I love the people that, that hate on him because he scores, I think it's like 80% of his points come from in the paint, which apparently is a bad thing nowadays. You know, you're, you're, immediately, you're immediately a hack if you, if you oh, dare dunk in layups, but... I have yet, it's funny I have yet to watch that team a, a single game this year, but I did see I did see them back when they were bad. I believe uh, Drew Blickensdorfer's first year as coach. Oh, no, back when um, I think it was a Jason Kidd was still the coach. Before before um, Blickensdorfer took over from the after the Hawks, back when Jason Kidd was the coach, this team was in such shambles. They had they had the Greek Freak and they had Barry Parker. They said Malcolm Brogdon was a rookie. Chris Middleton was there. Jason Terry was coming off the bench. And I remember watching my buddy thinking, like, this is the greatest waste of talent that all they need. Like I, said, I think I said two years ago, all they needed was a good coach. Much like the much like the, the, the process. I love, you know, Brett Brown. Actually, I don't even know who he is. 
But if the Sixers, if the Sixers had a, a even more of a, of a competent, good coach, they would be a good team. That's all it took. It's amazing. That's all it took from Milwaukee. Um, but Toronto, but Toronto's solid. What do you make of Kyrie Irving? Boston's like Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, these these so-called these stars, these all stars, that are sort of half asking for the sake of free agency. Well, I think the Celtics have been so inconsistent and really hit and miss. You know, a lot of people, including myself, thought that they had a, they were clearly the top team coming into the season in the Eastern Conference, the exception of maybe Toronto if if Kyrie if uh, Ka- excuse me Kawhi fit in well. But they've been so hit and miss. They had they've had some performances where they look really strong. Like look at this week, they just smoked the Lakers in that division. Then they come back a hobbled team, and then they beat the Sixers the other night. So yeah. They're very inconsistent. I think you make a valid point about Kyrie Irving. I think there are legitimate questions about what he's willing to do and how he's performed. He's coming into a free agency, uh, free agency uh, this summer. Nobody really knows what he's going to do. He's, he's indicated in the past that he's going to stay, but you know who, who knows for sure. So they've been definitely a disappointment, and they've been really a mess. And they've not been able to kind of uh, turn the turn the heat on uh, and pound the gas and really kind of put it all together. They have not been able to do that this season. What's, what's been your biggest half, – half, uh, halfway to the NBA? Are you going to watch the All-Star game? Is this the year, is this the year they get 200 points? <laughs> uh, it's very possible because with the amount of defense or lack thereof, uh, I think one day it'll eventually happen, although it's kind of gotten a little more uh, competitive in recent years with this whole um, kind of, you know, kind of pickup draft format. We'll see how that all shapes out. Um, but we shall see. I think I'll watch that. I'm excited for the skills. I think the skills challenge, I think is on right now. I got to check that. That that's actually my favorite event to watch, because you always get because in, in, in recent in recent years, that's this weekend by the way. Fans uh, wanting to know. Yes, we we love we love the, we love the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. No, that's Saturday. All Star Saturday. All right, we're good. There's two events: Skills Challenge, and then um and the and the U.S. versus the Rising Stars, U.S. versus the World. Because that's been a very interesting matchup, which is makes it's making me very worried as as a, a fellow American because. The world has beaten us two years in a row, and the world has better players than the U.S. does, which makes me sad because now we're getting into the years where it's the one and dones and they're garbage. Um, so yeah, but the world, our boy Luka Doncic, he's on the team. Um, Jokic, Flo's boy Jokic. I uh, so I'll, watch, I'll try to watch those two games. Especially the world, because you get to see those guys, and normally those are guys that, unless it's like Porzingis or whoever, you don't really under- realize what team they play for, because a lot of them, like that, like that All Star from the Magic, who the hell is this guy? I don't know, but he's an All Star. He's a good player. He'll probably be in that game. So tune in, watch. Um, yeah. Biggest, what's up? <laughs> biggest storyline. Biggest story. So uh, we close the chapter of the NBA. Biggest storyline. So, so far, before the All Star break, and then, and then we'll get to the uh, our mid season awards after. 
I may have potentially lost my esteemed colleague. Oh, was that a question? I thought you were uh, te- throwing to commercial. Uh, no, no, we're good. I was, just, I was gonna say. Um, I was gonna say before we close. Before we close the NBA and go to commercial. Uh, what, what's been what's been your biggest what's been your biggest storyline so far? Well, well, I think a LeBron and the Lakers have been a big storyline. They're inconsistently and they're struggling performance all season long. I think another key storyline has been. Uh, you know, we've talked so much about the Rockets when they were struggling at first, and then they've had this just tremendous run, powered by an historic scoring run by James Harden. Uh, I still think James Harden very much in the mix, uh, probably the favorite in my eyes, to be MVP. Um, and I think that ultimately he will be the MVP, certainly if he can keep up the scoring uh, stretch up. But that's, those are really been a couple of the, the big storylines I've seen thus far this season. Of course, right now in the Daytona Duels on Fox, we are cranking it up. Which makes me sad because I believe Fox doesn't turn their mainstream microphones up loud enough. I am on full blast on my Vizio soundbar on my TV, and I'm getting just moderate noise pumped through my living room, <laughs> which is not good. I want it loud. I want to. If, they, if Fox, if they tell me to crank it up, by God, I am gonna crank it up. So early thumbs down to Fox because a lot of the, a lot of the sports channels. They don't. They don't have good sound in sync, in terms of like ESPN's is is a little quieter, NBC's is is a little louder. So that's my thing. My biggest story. My biggest storyline, other than what you said, Flo, I'll, I'll do the other side. Is Eastern Conference of who really is the best team in the East? Because we've seen what these teams are good night in night out. The new look Raptors, new coach. You know, Marcus Saul in the mix now. Um, do they? Who? Who does? That's that, that makes me mad at the NBA. Is these teams look good on day, night in night out, but are they good in a seven game series? Yeah, you know, who who can withstand uh, the endurance of like will, will the Sixers because they have or the Sixers or Celtics because they have experience in oh say the Bucks over the Raptors? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, it's a tough question because, you know, you talk about the Sixers. They're another team that looks – some nights they look like the top team in the East and they're just thoroughly dominant. They're hitting shots and Joel Embiid's having fun and just dominating the low post. And then other nights they just look completely lost and lose confounding games. Uh, and exactly. in a way, the Celtics are kind of like that too. So we'll see how that shakes out. I, I think the teams to be clearly, though, going forward – uh, I think Indiana's good. I don't think they're as good, though, as Milwaukee or Toronto. I think those are probably the teams, driven by their star players, that are really going to be the teams to watch uh, come to Eastern Conference Finals. And, yes, it's easy to pick the one-two seeds, but there's a reason why they are the one-two seeds. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, fan mail and much more. Flo, and, Flo's, uh, and Flo said he was sick. We'll find out why. More after that. Radio.com. We are for that Radio. Back after Radio. Get ready to bring the pain! <laughs> the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's cars. Fanatic Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Every day is filled with a million reasons to give. Every moment is an opportunity to send a smile. 
birthdays, forget well days. There's always a reason to send a smile with 1-800-Flowers.com. Hey there, fans. This is Mike Gardner from Fanatic Radio. Don't worry. We'll be back to the Millennial Show in just a bit. But I want to remind you that even though today, if you're if you're listening to this live, it's Valentine's Day. It's Happy Valentine's. But if you're listening to a podcast, we love you. Why is that? Because the beauty of us and our offers extend past Valentine's Day. And we do that with our good friends at the Original Craft Beer Club. Wanting to know, will you beer my Valentine? If eight brew tests, it's one of the crap breweries listed listed declares beer lovers are better lovers, but we'll let you we'll let you be the judge of that. Valentine's Day is just around the it's today, and so many of the crap breweries featured in, in the original craft beer club uh, are celebrating in style. Some some rebelling with an anti Valentine's Day. Some pairing their brews with chocolate and special menus, while others let you get married or renew your vows. That's right, eight different festivities happening across the country. I want you to know, and do you want to know more about this? Go to our good friends at the Original Craft Beer Club. Order now, forty-two dollars, twelve beers per month, and free shipping up to three bonus gifts. That's right. Each month, Craft Beer Club shipment includes twelve craft beers from two different breweries from across the country, different states, four different beers, three types. You can choose monthly, every other, or quarterly shipments. It's fantastic. We love beer. We love alcohol. Because no good story ever started with I had a salad. That's right. Go to uh, go to beefo360.com or our social pod. Click on the promo coded link and get some exclusive offers for the original craft beer club. Happy Valentine's Day as well. Be beer my Valentine. And now uh, you can all and please drink responsibly. But now you can always have a frothy colon on us, courtesy of your good friends here at Fanatic Radio. Fanatic Radio. That's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's cars. Fanatic Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Mike Gardner, Ben Florence, we're back here. We are Fanatic Radio. We are the Millennial Show. Happy Valentine's Day. As mentioned, 10 to go in the Gatorade Duels. Keeping live update. Happy Harvick in the uh, I Turned My Race Car Into a Can Car, which, by the way, is an awesome promotion. The fact that they actually took you know sheetrock from his past cars last year and made beer cans out of it. It's fantastic. Uh, we love Happy Harvick. And again, we'll, we'll, we're teasing NASCAR because we'll get to that later in the show. But that being said, we have fan mail because the, the, the good people, the good fans, we're happy with our comeback show. But, of course, so much has happened this week just in everything else under the sun. We can't, It can't go unnoticed. So here on out, it's fan mail. We talk, of course, if you listen to this podcast on iTunes, our social pies to be com. You know, Flo and I talked about the NBA All Star break, <laughs> what's going on in the national, what's going on in the association, uh, college basketball as well. Duke monumental win, second largest second half comeback win in the school's history. It was fantastic. One just because I hate Louisville, even even though Patino's not there anymore, they're still scum. Um, and that and Cam Reddish is a sneaky good player that does not get enough credit than he deserves. And the fact that Cape turned on the press and won on the road as well. It gave me it gave me great vibes of I think it was O one or O two. Duke Maryland, Cole Fieldhouse down uh was it eleven points in a minute? That was that Jay Williams team? That's uh, right. Sucking. Yeah. With our, with our, you know, with our, you know, friend of the friend of the show, Gary, friend of the show, former guest of the show, Gary Williams, 
letting his team just uh, slowly implode. I believe if it was, we're, we're going to get our team on that because if that was O2, it's amazing. We're going to type it. We're typing it right now. Duke, Maryland. Because I remember watching that on TV. And that's when I was like, yeah, this team's O one. So that was the Duke. That was the Duke team that ended up running the table and winning the national championship. So ironic. Last time Duke came from several points down and won on the road in a big monumental ACC game, they went on to win the national championship. I'm not, you know, I'm not Nostradamus or anything, but 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 signs don't lie. Also, the best part about this whole duel thing is they focused on rejects that are trying to qualify into the 500. And we got we got a, a great three car battle between uh, a defending Xfinity Cup Series cha- Xfinity Series champion Tyler Reddick, um, part time everything Parker Kligerman and uh, and Ryan Truex, which is great. Rowdy Bush is down. Rowdy Bush is 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 a lap down, by the way. Which, I don't know. He's sitting. In, he's sitting in 18th. I don't know what that means, but that'd be a laughable if he didn't make. It. We, we remember when Hinchcliffe didn't make the Indy 500. If Kyle Busch didn't make the Indy 500, then and then we pop, we're, we're popping bottles in the studio. But uh, we sorry. We got fan mail. Uh, we're going all over the place with fan mail. We'll start with, we'll start with our only football questions. We have two of them. Flo, is Kyler? Fans don't know. Flo, is Kyler Murray making a mistake choosing the NFL over baseball? Uh, I don't think so. I think he would have made a mistake, frankly, picking baseball. Because, A, uh, it clearly has looked like now we don't know for certain, but it's looking like he will be a first-round pick. So that means he will already have more financial stability to start off his career playing football than he would have playing baseball. Um, And while, you know, you could talk about, you know, the – uh, football and the safety and all that jazz and the physicality yeah. of the game. But if you go into the minor leagues, even for a first-round draft pick, there's no guarantee you will make the majors, let alone succeed in the majors. Now he'll mm. get his first contract. Uh, he'll be, uh, uh, I think, a more financially secure situation. Plus, again, he just came up with a spectacular season winning the Heisman Trophy. I think if he wasn't looked at as the first-round pick, I think then you can make a case baseball is the sport. But I think he's making the right move. It's interesting because I will always be, I will always be anti-football. I think nothing good ever comes out of it because you're in it for about four years. But the, the beauty with this, do I think to answer to answer the question? I, of course, I'm a fan of not answering the question. Is he making a mistake? Monetarily, yes, because I think you feel, I feel like you're more set for life in baseball than football. But is he more? Is he you know, physically and morally making the right mistake? No, because even if he hold, if he's a first round draft pick and holds his own, we've seen we've seen guys just bounce around the league for no good reason. Sam Bradford is still knocking around somewhere. And and that dude is made of glass. So once you're in the NFL, even if you're not a starter, you could always be that great Brandon Weedham. You could always be the Charlie Batch of the world and still make good money being a backup quarterback, not getting hurt, as as like you said, going into the minors and then playing for a crappy baseball franchise. Yeah, you can play for like the Reds or the Marlins. I mean or the I mean the thing with the A's is they, they actually they're they're good when they wanna be, but you know, 
say la vie. What can I say? Good question though. Kyle Murray, or as the uh, as that Alabama as that Alabama guy said, uh, calamari. Um, last last NFL question, last football question for that matter. Uh, as as the beef as the beef grows in Pittsburgh, what is to happen? What is to become of Antonio Brown? I think ultimately he's on his way out of town. It seems like he's fed up with the team, with the organization, and I don't see how this situation rectifies itself. And I think the team will look at it and will be like, "Yeah, we'll just get rid of Antonio Brown and move on." But it's really turning into a complete mess. And usually a franchise that is known for its stability, for being uh, kind of low profile, if you will, not into like the crazy riffraff headlines generally. That's changed of late. You have all the Ben Roethlisberger shenanigans. You have this. You have so maybe on Bell. Bell. The team does, this, does, this, does this make the Steelers – the Steelers are this great high and mighty organization. This is put up this is a massive black eye on the on the uh Yes, I think it it absolutely is. And because yeah, you know what, I don't have a problem with guys uh wanting more money, being fed up with their financial situation, uh salary situation. I totally get that and I have no problem with that. But usually you try to keep those issues resolved and keep them at least in-house to where we're aware of it. Just don't go speaking to the press and tweeting and posting on Instagram and all that stuff. You, that It's a bad sign when players like Antonio Brown or what have you are going open and going public with their issues, financial, salary, what have you. That's not a good sign, and that's kind of a sign that this uh, the organization has really got their hands full right now. Hmm. I think it's, the Steelers have gotten worse, and it, it's it's much like it's much like the Cowboys. Everyone thinks the Cowboys are this great franchise, an America's team based on like five years of you know based on like forty years of of history. And then when you don't keep that same level of history, people are like, "Oh, what's going on?" It's like, no, this is the, you just got a bunch of bad apples in the batch. Like the Cowboys stink. Cowboys don't ever win another Super Bowl. And I, and I I will say that in the modern day NFL that they'll never ever win it again. The Steelers will never be as good as they were with the Steel Curtain. Ever since they got rid of Cower, Tomlin has let everything slide, and it's a trickle down effect. You know, you give them an inch, they take a yard. Then you got you got, you got James Harrison and driving the fire truck. Antonio Brown. He, Antonio Brown, by the way, absolute. You know, I I want him to go to the 49ers because I think he'll look good in maroon. But the dude has been an absolute cancer ever since he showed up. You know, he, he got he got the flag, he got the flags for twerking in the end zone. He furniture off the balcony in Miami. The the Facebook Live. It's like uh, the sad thing is kind of like Odell Beckham. Unfield issues, nothing good, positive to society, which is number one concern for any NFL owner because. All of that trickles into your franchise, into the locker room. Yeah, you got thing is you got you got you got to cut the head off. Le'Veon Bell, he's my age, and he's like, I'm not gonna play. It's like I, you know, I hope, I, I mean, I hope, I hope the man doesn't get another dime for as long as he lives. But you know, that's my that's my cynical lifestyle. Uh, 
as we mentioned, um, NBA All Star Game, All Star Weekend is this weekend. Shout out to Saturday, Sunday. I think the game. Joke, by the way. I will not be watching the NBA All Star Game on a Sunday. I will be going to bed, bracing myself for the work week ahead. Other, so you we mentioned we mentioned at the uh, at the at the end of the at the end of the first block. Other than James Harden, who would be your next pick to win Most Valuable Player for the NBA? There are a number of guys you can go with, but like as I said uh, earlier, I think the guy I would go with, if not James Harden, would be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, they got a deep team around him with a lot of really talented players and guys. But a key reason why this team has really exploded to the top of the Eastern Conference is because Giannis continues to take his game to the next level. What's amazing about him is that he's shooting like what, like 26% from the three, and he still is such a dominant offensive threat. And he's just such a monster down low in the paint that there's really few ways to defend him right now. So, like I said earlier, I think Harden is the guy as of right now. But if Giannis ends up being the guy at the end of the day, would not surprise me one bit. It's very, it's very interesting that people think James Harden is the most valuable player because the man won it last year on an amazing season. This year. You know, it ha- it has to be honest because they're the best team in the league. Please, you have to give because if the best team in the league without him. Um, but since you and I, I, I think just because James Harden, it's like it's like when Russell Westbrook won it. They weren't the best team in the weren't the best team in the NBA, but he did something that Oscar only one man in in the league had ever done, and that was average triple double. Shout out to the Big O. But other than Giannis, because I don't want to just be the guy I, I just want to be play conformist to what everyone else is saying. I think another player there's two other guys that that in, in my perfect world would not get it but should get it. The first one is uh Paul George because I think he had his career high the other night. If if Oklahoma City ends up running the table and taking the two even as good as the one seed in the West, because they are within like three games of Golden State. That's amazing because Russell Westbrook won it a few years back. I think they were the sixth seed when he was averaging. And then Carmelo left, as we as we see Happy Harvick in the uh, in the Carbon Five in Victory Lane, winner of the first duels, which no one's excited for, even though he has his own serious XM show. But he. Opted to stay, you know. In, in today, in today's society, where everyone's like, "Oh, he's going back to, he's going to the Lakers, he's going back to California," because Carmelo left. Uh, Billy Donovan's gonna get fired. This team is trash. Third in the West, and playoff. The thing is, you don't even have to focus on the playoffs. It's it's all about. The- and Paul George, one thing he does, one thing he does better than what James Harden doesn't do is he plays defense. Which is amazing because not many good players still play defense. George. And the second guy, and the second guy is your boy Nikola Jokic, who I do, who will, who will probably not win because the the press is very biased. But I watched the Nuggets play last night against the Kings in Isaiah Thomas's return, and that man single handedly won that game for the Nuggets. Because I, I, it's it's amazing now, and we love European basketball. 
how diverse we big do. men have become in today's day and age. There was a play, I don't even know who the guy was, but there was a play where he got he you know he he swiped the boards, he got the rebound without a you know without missing a beat, flick of the wrist, the outlet pass in stride for a layup. The man, I think, I, I want to say he leads the team in assists, which is extraordinary. Much like the Milwaukee Bucks are a bad team <laughs> or a mediocre team. The Nuggets did not make the playoffs last year. Now, all of a sudden, they make the playoffs this year and are the two seed. The two seed! With a cast of characters like Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, uh, Mike Malone, and a bunch of misfits, and they're one of the best teams in the league. You got, and you got to get that's why That's why we were saying when they were, yeah, the All-Star voting, if he's not on the team, then, then we're going to burn down the NBA office in New York. But he made the All-Star game, rightfully so, because he's the best player on the team. And much like Giannis, much like Giannis, the best player on the team has to get recognized. My thing is, James Harden already won it. And he's basically going he's basically going to win it this year for doing the same thing he did last year. Now, that that makes the NBA voters look like absolute trash, and I will bash them because they you got to be more diverse. Patrick Mahomes was a great player, but who I don't even know who's going to win most valuable player in the NFL. Oh, it should have been freaking Aaron Donald, man. You got to you got to switch it up. You got in today's day and age, we're all about the first this, you know, first female in Congress, the first man, first African African American to jump off a cliff, the first, you know, Asian woman to to swim across the Atlantic. You, it's all about it's all about the the first and and the history and the shock value and clickbait. That's what sports needs to do. Major League. They just they just throw balls to the wall and name Jacob Degrom Cy Young because the Mets stunk and his stats didn't show otherwise. He still wins it ahead of my ahead of my boy Scherzer. Speaking of Degrom, we go to Major League Baseball because he was in the news as a baseball aficionado. Flow, what are your thoughts when hearing Degrom and his agent pseudoly scheming to keep himself on a Pitch count just to protect himself from free agency. It's one of those things to where I mean, he did say that he wants to stay with the Mets long term, but he also wants to protect himself. Like you generally don't hear this kind of stuff from players before. You generally they they may uh, indicate that internally because obviously players want to protect their value. And if they get overused, particularly for the Mets, probably not going to be likely to be a particularly strong club this season. I think, but I I think it's fair for him to want to again protect his value going into free agency, and uh, you know making sure he's still able he's able to remain healthy. Now that could still happen if, even if there isn't any limit. And also, generally, as we talked about before, generally this kind of stuff doesn't become made public. So we'll see ultimately how that all shapes out. But I can't blame him for one for feeling that way. Stuff like this makes me mad. 
And there, there, I will have I will have rants for days, but I'll keep this one short. In today's, you know, I've always I I've, I have been very vocal on this show, and always said if I was an owner, yeah, you know, I would take the militant role and the fact that every single one of my players, I love them like family. But your disposable income, you are you are there. You will perform your best, and you will do your job, or else you will be replaced because everyone is held accountable. This is a, this is a classic example because. What has happened is everyone has looked at the NBA and seen what what has happened there. And now all of a sudden these players think they're larger than life and 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 that and as as the uh as the uh, outcast once said their shit don't stink. My thing is with this I would be so mad if I was an owner hearing my player like you said publicly vocalize this I would want to ring him up by the, the nape of the neck and and put a, uh, a burlap sack over his head and drag him to the river because how dare you? How dare you jeopardize the, the present to look for the future? My thing is, and I've always said this with the one-and-done players, I've said this with NFL players, college football players, if you think you are that good, your performance will speak for itself, and your health will speak for itself. We we live in today an age where Tom Brady is 41, winning the Super Bowl, where Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer can still compete and win majors on a high level in their late 30s, where every hockey player can play in their mid 30s and 40s. You know, we got 50 year old Olympians out there. If you just take good care. Of your body and your health, you won't have to worry about getting hurt. I think it's at least this fear of everyone getting hurt is ridiculous. And this clown is a classic example. First of all, he ain't, he's on a team. He ain't winning a, a World Series anytime soon. So get that out of your mind. It's like every player drafted by the Raiders. You're not going to win the Super Bowl. You're just lucky that someone didn't did draft you. This makes me mad. I th- I think how dare they how dare they let these agents control it? Now, you know, I love the movie Jerry Maguire, but agents are scum and absolute degenerates for, for spewing this garbage in players' heads because they're all replaceable, and and nowadays they just see they see everyone as you know they, they see they see the faults of what's happening and they start to panic. And so now all of a sudden they gotta protect their assets instead of just you know simple things. Speaking of that, are you, another family question is: Are you surprised that Manny Machado and Bryce Harper still have yet to be signed? Yeah, like we talked about the other day, I am still very surprised by this. Um, I don't understand why this is that you have two elite, two of the top players in baseball. And now we're entering uh, pitchers and catchers reporting for the earliest of spring training and winter camps, I should say. And the two of the elite players in baseball still have not been signed. It's thoroughly bizarre. And I don't know how or when this situation gets rectified, but it's, it's really crazy. Generally, guys like that don't often get onto the market, you know, really at all. So you would think teams would jump off, yeah, to spend a lot of cash, uh, throw a lot of paper around. But, again, we're talking about elite players. As, are, you, are you excited for pitchers and catchers? 
We're only, we're only a few days. We're only a few days away from continuing our, our, our nonstop Yankees coverage here on Fanatic Radio. <laughs> yeah, I am looking forward to it. Uh, the Yankees have made some moves uh, the off season. I don't know if they're going to be as good as um, as they uh, potentially as the Red Sox were the defending World Series champions. So, but we shall see. And it's always fun to get the baseball season eventually back up and going. Yeah, of course. That's for that's for another week. Uh, shout out to baseball, by the way. Um, before before we get to our extensive NASCAR coverage to close out the show, he has been he has been he has been in the news for other for other various reasons. But in his most recent book, Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz regrets selling the Sonics. Now you've covered. Have you have you been covering Have you been covering much of the, the candidates entering uh, the 2020 race? I think the fans want to know flows what. What have what have you been recently covering, as well, while we've been off these several weeks? Yeah, I have been definitely keeping a track of uh, the potential 2020 um, contenders. We've already had a number of contenders either officially announced or announced presidential exploratory committees, uh, which are basically foregone conclusions that they will eventually announce. Uh, I, I've actually been assigned to follow one of the uh, the candidates. Uh, early on, and that's uh, one of your United States Senators, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, on behalf yes. of uh, our friend Fox. But, Big you know, NASCAR the, the fan, Schultz, by the way. There you go. And uh, Howard Schultz is fascinating because people knew of him as the Starbucks deal, but people didn't really know a lot about him. But he came out and launched this um, – kind of goofy, exploratory phase for an independent campaign. And he's really kind of proven himself, frankly, to be one of the worst politicians I've ever seen because he's attacking issues that are popular. You think his base would be in the Democratic Party, but he's bashing popular Democratic ideas in lieu of this kind of goofy goal of trying to find this independent lane for the presidency. So it's been very bizarre. It's not surprising to see that he regrets uh, selling the Sonics because his sale was a key, you know, selling to Clay Bennett, an Oklahoma businessman, unsurprisingly led to the team moving to Oklahoma City. So I'm not surprised to hear him say that. And Whether he believes it or not, I'm sure he does, but you never know with these quote-unquote politicians. Uh, but it's definitely something he has to say. It makes me mad because he knew he knew all along he could have kept it. I think I think these people in hindsight know they can keep it, they can, they can hold on and keep it. The problem with him is he does not know his city well enough, and the fact that Seattle is basketball country, Oklahoma is not, uh, is very selfish on his part. He did, the thing is they always do it, they always do it for the money. Um, I haven't even been following. The only thing yet, allegedly my girl Christian Gillibrand. She's in the mix. Um, we'll get our full po- we'll get our full political race as as twenty twenty heats up. But you you by the way have had a whirlwind of of just I wouldn't say a mess. It it is 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 one one modern mess. What's been the most interesting story coming out of Washington these past few weeks? Well, I, you know, the whole – really the big thing in Washington was the discussion about border security and any uh, a type of a budget deal to get through Congress to keep government open and funded. 
which that deadline is tomorrow night. It's looking like they've got a deal to pass. President Trump has indicated he will sign this deal, but he also will employ a controversial measure declaring a national emergency on the border in order to uh, be able to uh, distribute funds to build his border wall, which was, as we all know, a key piece of his um, campaign pledge back in 2016. So this is definitely deemed for a court battle no matter what. And it's going to be fascinating to see how it all shapes out. But, yeah, as you mentioned, that's one big story, but it's far from the only big story that we've had to deal with in Washington. It's been a busy uh, stretch for us. Yeah, and of course we we talk about that to our blue in the face, um, but I'm not I'm not blue in the face. I do I do have, I do have a uh, stoppy nose though. Shout out to Vicks Vapor Rub though, as have they have basically been keeping me afloat, so I do not crumble and die of a struggling immune system for me. But to end the show, before we get thumbs up thumbs down, we gotta get to the uh, the elephant in the room, more like the uh... yeah, it's enough in the room. NASCAR season is getting ready to start. Tis the season, ladies and gentlemen. Flo and I, we follow this with a religious passion, even though we hate the way the sport has been going. <laughs> and want to throw, I want to throw everyone who's been affiliated with NASCAR the last sort of decade or so into the pit of despair and to the thousand realms of the fiery rings of hell. But we are still very excited because the Daytona 500 is this Sunday, thus another kickoff of the NASCAR season. Flo, I remember we you, you made a declaration on the show that that young boy Ryan Blaney, young young Ryan Blaney, is your new favorite driver. But other than that, other than a new driver to cheer for, what else are you looking forward to this tis this NASCAR season? Well, we had a pretty busy off season. You had uh, Martin Truex Jr. coming close to winning the championship, and then having his team close down tonight. He's with Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, Daniel Suarez had to find a new ride. Number of guys are in new rides. Ryan Newman. Other teams have made crew key chief changes like Jimmy Johnson and some folks on the Hendricks side. Uh, there's a, uh, Daniel Hemrick is now full-time in cup uh, for Richard Childress Racing. So there have been a lot of changes in the sport as the sport kind of tries to continue uh, this um uh, this whole uh, uh, kind of downturn in popularity and support, fan support, and attendance and ratings, frankly. It's not exactly a good picture. Uh, one driver I'm really looking forward to, what, interesting to see what he's seen, and he's been controversial in speed because that's far you mentioned him earlier, getting involved in a wreck with Kyle Busch. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, as I mentioned, has mm-hmm. a new crew chief, Drew Mendering, and uh, Kevin Mendering, excuse me, and really disappointing season last year for – the 48 car, really below par, below their expectations that we know from them. And really, we're never that competitive throughout the course of the season. Very intrigued to see if that team can get their performance back on track, as he's now the uh, the lead dog, the old dog, uh, on the, uh, the Hendrick Quartet. Yeah, because I think he's about two years away from retirement. Because he's one of those guys. It's the thing is, Jimmy Johnson is going to become one of those guys that he will he will not win. He will not win another championship. He'll he'll win few races, if if not any. But he will still be around because he's a, Jimmy Johnson is a very stubborn man. Do not do not let his 
Do not let his beautiful family and his trips to Dubai and his triathlons fool you. He he is a he is very stubborn. Um, and he's and he's hanging on. He's much he's much like Kyle Busch. You know, that's the thing. That's the thing I've noticed the past few years is a lot of the old guys are becoming very sort of salty. They're they're much like my mom. With older age, they become so sort of unfiltered to today's pop culture. You know, Kevin Harvick's trolling the millennials. Kyle Busch is taking shots at LeBron, saying he wouldn't call himself the greatest of all time. Jimmy Johnson's, like, bashing people on Twitter or getting chippy in the comments. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It makes them look like absolute idiots. It makes them look like idiots because we know what they, we know they're all fake. NASCAR drivers always put on this facade. They have no emotion. Uh, BJ McLeod is starting row 12 in the, in the duel. Just for for all you fan all you NASCAR fantasy people, um, what am I looking forward to? Considering I have bias working in the industry, I'm looking forward to our race August fourth. We go bowling at the Glen. Um, I'm looking forward to to see you know last year everyone emphasized the young drivers, the the Ryan Blaney's, the Chase Elliotts, the the Bubba Wallaces, and they did awful. Uh, with the exception of Blaney winning once. And Chase Elliott winning three times. That was it. You know, this. So I'm curious. I'm curious to see this year of what drivers rise to the the top, and if everyone gets pissed over the young versus old debate. Uh, because <laughs> now, because last year, you know, Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch combined for 16 of the 36 wins, and yet Joey Logano is your series champion by winning. Once by winning twice and winning at Homestead, so we hate the playoff. It's it does not you know, it does not decide it does not decide a true champion. But I'm I'm curious to see the other races because the playoffs are playoffs are a joke in itself. I'm curious to see who wins the other races because this is, I believe this is the year of this new package. Yeah, everyone's been talking about this new package of of the mile and a half mile tracks and the tracks that you know they're they're removing seats and and lowering attendance and having crappy racing we now bring back the irock sort of style racing where we got 43 cars on a pack on a one and a half mile oval i'm excited because that that is what nascar was in the 80s it was every car was the same but different it was all based on because the sad thing is until nascar makes sweeping changes to the cars you got to make it easy for drive. You got you got to make the cars level, and it's driver skill. And then mm. everyone's mad because they're like, "Oh, the best drivers won't win." It's like, no, the the teams with the best with the most money will 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 will, will rise to the top. It's like, calm down. I'm I'm excited for it, but I I do I I am excited because especially for the random races like Atlanta or California, I want to see like a rando win. We need, you know, this sport needs like it's sad thing is the sport needs Bubba Wallace or Daniel Suarez to win. Otherwise, NASCAR will sure. be a bunch of racists. But we we want to see like the we want to see the Eric Almarola's win. Otherwise, it turns into Formula One, and no one likes that. No one likes the same team winning every single week. No one likes what we see at Daytona, where it's every car to the top of the line, every car to the to- every car to the wall. We go single file until there's the big one. So I'm, excited. I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm not excited because I know I know Fox will make it awful, but I'm curious for the package. And 
watching it, and I and I want to see it. Different people win. Um. So I want to see the guns do something, please. That's all. That's all I ask is to do something. Uh, and that and the sad thing is, like my, my good friend John Logan, who was once working with Joey Logano, he's now he's now in Silicon Valley working for this working for the next great technology of self-powered cars. So he's not even in NASCAR anymore. So I don't even know if I can be a Joey Logano fan. But I still, but I still, I still root for Joey Logano. I still root for my boy Kyle Larson. Uh, shout out to carry the flag for the '92s. That's another thing. This is Camaro's second year in uh, in NASCAR. The Ford Mustang. So we saw what crap Camaros were last year. The Mustang is probably just as bad. Toyota again. Um, and that's pretty much it. I'm more excited for the IMSA. We talked Rolex 24. That was more exciting than than this. What I'm gonna watch. I'm tired of NASCAR pimping at the Daytona 500. By the way, the Super Bowl of racing. It's it's gonna be a terrible race Sunday. It's all gonna be single file. The only exciting part is my boy. My boy. Shout out. Shout out to the fam. JJ Watt is gonna be Grand Marshal. We love Watt. He has no affiliation with NASCAR. He's only doing it because it's Gatorade. Otherwise, he's doing nothing. Daytona's running out of ideas. They're a bunch of hacks. Um, IMSA and IndyCar. Open wheel and sports car is the future of racing. I've said too much. Yeah, they're, look, they're looking at me. They're looking at me telling me to to, what, oh, to wrap it up. Um, yes, before we get the thumbs up, thumbs down, college basketball. Oh, shout out to my boy Larson. I showed him on screen. Actually, I'm curious because we have, we have silly, Dale Suarez is in the 41. Kurt Busch is in the 1. So those are the new drivers. Um, that's pretty much it. College basketball schedule. Just to uh, run everyone down the gauntlet. The Maryland, as we mentioned, plays Michigan. That's a good game. Gus Johnson will be on the call. Noon on Fox. Um, Oklahoma TCU, if you're into that. I doubt it. Uh, and that's it. We're we're in we're in su- we're in such a lull. Xavier Providence. Um, Chris Mack doesn't coach at Xavier anymore, so I don't know how good they're gonna be. We get of course the primetime games you mentioned Illinois or not Illinois, uh, Tennessee and Kentucky. Should be the most exciting game. Actually, a very exciting game. NBCSN. VC four at four p.m. Eastern. VCU at day. That's where I was last Saturday. I went to go. So I, I'm on my quest to see college basketball. I um, I saw VCU play St. Bonaventure. Shout out to the Bonnies. Shout out to the A10. We love some A10 basketball good, in the good town of Olean. Yes, we do. Shout out, shout, shout out to the potential. Shout out to the potential future Mrs. Natalie Costello, a co-worker who has stolen my heart from day one. She, uh, she went to St. Bonaventure. We went... Because uh, I, because she said I asked her, because my goal is to go to all these good college basketball games. Now I, there's still time. I have to go out to Buffalo to see the the Buffalo Bulls. Currently top 25 ranked Buffalo Bulls. I might go see some go see some action. Uh, still have to go see them. I'm gonna go see Cornell play Yale because Yale is the best team in the Ivy League, and of course. I must, I must press myself to go see a team that could potentially upset someone in the tournament. Also, Cornell has a guy that could be a, an NBA lottery pick, or at least a, a 
what's it called? Not a lottery pick, but a uh, uh, at least a first round guy, or 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 at best a solid G League player. And then of course on February twenty third, I will be live. I wouldn't say live, but yeah, I will be live. It's Saturday. I will be live broadcasting myself from the uh, from Sarah, from from the Carrier Dome as I go see Syracuse play Duke. Um, Saturday, February twenty third. I will be seeing Zion in the house. I'm so excited. Um, I'll be live. I'll be live covering that for Fanatic Radio, or probably recording it to play it <laughs> uh, the following week after. But I went to go see oh, an American place, Colgate, by the way. Anyway, uh, on Saturday, four p.m. Probably on Stadium, whatever garbage they're using. But I went to go see. I went to go see VCU. They are a dangerous team. VCU, Dayton, and Davidson. Solid teams in the Atlantic 10. Do not sleep on the Atlantic 10 because those teams always make a run to the Sweet 16. VCU is solid because even without Shaka Smart, I think the guy who coaches it was a Shaka Smart disciple, an assistant coach that got promoted. He's still all about and very adamant about the press, about defense first, about cleaning the boards, running with the ball. They looked good. They beat St. Bonaventure by 30 points. So do not sleep on the Rams. We love we love we love a random college from Richmond that no one heard about until uh or also the Dickies play NC State. So watch check yourself. Um that's our college that's college <laughs> basketball. And now time for this. You cannot be serious. But it's time for thumbs up, thumbs down. That's our critically acclaimed segment. Thumbs up, thumbs down, what's good, what's bad in the world. Just the world, not sports, just the world. Flo, I know. Fans have been waiting with bated breath. You have you were like MJ with the flu in Game Six, or whenever Game Five, whenever you were sick. You said oh, you were geez. sick at the top of the show. There has to be a story behind it. Yes, yeah, thumbs down to I guess probable food poisoning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had some. There's a a qual, There's a good convenience store. I don't mean to line the folks, and I don't want to. Um, so I won't use their name. I don't want to bash them because I do think it's a good joint. But I got some – yesterday for lunch, I got some uh, chicken chili. Uh, okay. This place, you know, it's a convenience store, but it often has soup. Uh, and usually the soups are pretty good. And I get there every once in a while. If I don't want to go for a long walk uh, and if I want to save time, I'll go there and grab something for lunch. So I have some this chicken chili soup, and I have, like, maybe about a quarter of the bowl, and I was like, this doesn't taste right. So then I just pitched – pitch it what I have left because it just didn't taste good then all of a sudden I start to feel sick mm. and it's not like kind of sick was like nauseous and I'm gonna vomit it was the runs which is never good and I had to deal with that for like five more hours actually you know four and a half more hours because I asked for sympathy I didn't say what my milady was um but I can I leave early I'm not feeling well and so <laughs> I had that, and then I had that. Because that's, you know, it's it's not a fun thing to have, period, but certainly not at work. Like, yeah. you don't want to be the guy that's like, hey, did you just uh, poop your pants? Now, I didn't actually poop my pants, but <laughs> I it was a legitimate concern when he, when that happens. Yeah. So, fortunately, uh, uh, I, I do feel better today, although I haven't felt great as of the last, couple of hours or so. I don't know why that is. Uh, maybe my dinner wasn't great. But, uh, yeah, I called out sick today. don't love calling out sick because I do like actually going to work. 
uh, we'll see how I feel tomorrow. I fully plan to be at work tomorrow, so I guess we'll have any further uh, recap. But, uh, yeah, that is my uh, thumbs down to kind of start off um, the uh, start of thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, thumbs up is going to go to – we were talking earlier about Duke, and I mentioned Zion Williamson. Because I didn't have anything else in mind for a thumbs up, I'm sure you saw, as everybody saw, the Zion Williamson block last Saturday against Virginia. Mm. That just, like, he literally starts to jump from, like, the block, and he blocks a three-point shot and just swats it right out of bounds. I don't recall if we talked about it on Tuesday, but my God, is this guy an athletic freak, <laughs> and it's fun to watch. And I know there are some people like Koff, Mike Frances, who don't think he's going to be number one pick in the NBA draft. Those <laughs> people are insane because Zion Williamson is a monster. And it's going to be a star at the next level. So thumbs up to Zion. Hmm. Anything else? Uh, that's what I got. You know, Mike, Mike, Zion, Mike Zion Williamson, a good player, is – I've mentioned this before. Not only is he big – with incredible with incredible athleticism to jump, but he's very, he's very fluid, which I haven't seen other than, I say other than LeBron, I have not seen a player with that size and that much weight uh, that much meat on his bones be that fluid not only in the paint on the block but in transition. He's got to handle the ball, he makes good decisions. His only bad decisions is like when he over jumps and just runs into someone, or goes in for the or goes for the steal. Other than that, it's it's fant- it's fantastic, absolute treats to watch. All right, so I got I wrote these down again. I've been I've been very I've been very good with my thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, because we have to bash those we hate and we have to um, praise those we love. Thumbs down to Penny Hardaway uh, and Patrick Ewing. Those those who I, who I consider fake coaches, the guys who played and think they can coach college basketball with little to no prior experience. Uh, this is this is actually a fan mail that we never got to, but Penny Penny Hardaway went on the record and bashed college coaches, saying that because he was an NBA player, um, that his that he said his NBA background was creating jealousy among other college coaches. And that everyone hates him because he's got he's got a target on his own back. Now, it's immediate thumbs down. Actually, I have a quote. We have a quote because we we will quote. We will, we will put him on blast. It says, "There's jealousy from a lot of these coaches around the country." I do understand that because we are NBA players and didn't have experience as college coaches, so we didn't quote unquote pay our dues. So these college coaches and their so-called boys in the media are going to throw jabs at us. Now. <laughs> Thumbs down because you. I love how they think they are hired because they know the game. No, they're only hired because for monetary reasons, recruiting, and it will sell tickets. I watched Memphis play Cincinnati the other day, last Saturday, and they were up 12, and they lost. One, because Mick Cronin is a better coach. Cincinnati is a better team. Everyone's always in Memphis, by the way. But Penny Hardaway is a terrible coach. Patrick Chewing is a bad coach. Great player, but... Yes, he does not. He does not understand the aspects of dealing with 
personnel. I think that's where these college coaches fail. Is they they think that they think they're coaching an NBA team so that the players play. You're dealing with 18, 19, 20 year old kids. They need nurturing to a certain degree. Look at my thing is look at K. He's coaching four freshmen on the floor. Zion gets in foul trouble. Things are still going bad. He pulls RJ Barrett. Puts in Jack White and the other guy. And they go on just they just go bonkers, turning up the heat, and they looked great. He has because Coach K has options B and C when guys get in foul trouble or aren't playing well. These these NBA players they don't know anything. They're a bunch of ding dongs. You know Patrick yeah. Ewing is a mess. He's like yelling at his players because they go to Georgetown. They're, they're only these players are only going to these. Because these guys think they can get to the NBA. SMU was a great example. When Larry Brown was the coach, yes, he ended up getting in trouble for illegally recruiting players, and that was his own fault. But the SMU was good for a hot second because there, he, because Larry Brown got kids from Dallas that that thought that he could get them to the NBA. Grant, there are a few players from SMU that are in the NBA. Shout out to Semi Ojale. Shout out to Shannon Brown. But other than that, there's no one else in the NBA. Shake Milton as well. There's a Larry Brown recruit. Yeah. And that's it. Now SMU is terrible, and now Larry Brown got fired from Europe, and God knows where he is now. They only do it for the for the prestige, for the name. So thumbs down to Penny Hardaway. You're a bad coach. Thumbs down to the Deion Sanders 30 for 30. Um, it was very interesting, as we were green, the second duel, by the way, um, 30 for 30, because that, that that is dead, by the way. They need... It needs to just become. It needs to. Be, they need to name it something else, because the concept of Bill Simmons made the Thirty for Thirty was thirty films, thirty filmmakers. It's really not the same anymore. When the guy who directed this Dion documentary is on his fifth Thirty for Thirty documentary, I'm sorry, that's not a thirty different document. That's not a thirty different director. That's the same guy that they just the ESPN just keeps commissioning to turn out more. Movies. Um, it was very weird because it was a very interesting concept that left me very dumbfounded with a lot of questions, like how, why, where did Dion get this love of baseball from? Um, also, there are several people that did not that declined to interview for the, uh, the the documentary. So it just it, it just pointed out that oh, Dion tried to play two sports in one day. Also, it failed to mention Dion Sanders played in the World Series. No one else knew that unless you were an Atlanta Braves fan. So WTF. So many things unanswered. It now shows that 30 for 30s are getting so lazy. You know, no one no one gives a shit about Cleveland. No one cares about Deion Sanders. No one cares about Mike Tyson losing to whoever, the guy that knocked him out. They're running out of ideas. No one cares about Tony. People fail to mention Tony Harding paid ESPN so she can get her own documentary because Nancy Kerrigan was doing her own on NBC. Uh, ESPN is a load of garbage, and I will only watch it for college basketball, and that is it. PTI, shout, shout out to our boys at PTI. Where am I? Where am I? Am I? Am I? Oh, shout shout out to shout out to um to to uh, Tiafo, the tennis player. We didn't give him credit where credit was due after the Australian Open. He made the the uh, the quarterfinals. It's great to see that there is a new wave of American talent that is slowly creeping up as the old guard gets old. Now all we need is Nadal, Federer, Djokovic, those guys to uh, get more injuries and fall out. 
because the U.S. is coming back with good talent. It was bad for quite a while, but um, shout out to Tiafa. It was great. He's beating his chest like Harambe. Um, it's, it's great that he beat Del Portro and he beat Kevin Anderson, who, has, who sucks as a player. He has no talent either. He just goes off his serve. It's good to know that he just has some light. The only sad thing is Tiafa was playing on hard court in Australia, uh, which is what he grew up with in the U.S. As we're watching a great battle of Joey Gase and Brandon Gaughan. I, I, I don't know what any implications of this are for, but it's not going to end well. They're probably both going to crash. Now we get to my actual thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, thumbs down to ESPN, as I mentioned. Not only um, giving way too much coverage to LeBron, but um, thumbs down because they have basically uh, – you mentioned this last week, flow of getting rid of the J-Ski website. Now I'm seeing on my television that Ricky Craven has a job with Fox. I, I don't know why. He's not that – he wasn't that good of a race car driver, and he's not that good of an analyst. But ESPN was keeping this poor guy in limbo. So just because he has some TV, just because he has some TV experience, he gets hired. So he's got he's got a face only a mother can love, which is disastrous. Um, thumbs down to Fox as well because NBC got it right with their coverage. Fox is just hiring complete idiots. They're hiring they hired like Bobby Labonte, Ricky Craven, oh. uh, Jamie McMurray, like. I'm not going to watch. These guys are going to provide anything. I just want to watch. Just give me good coverage of the race. We love Mike Joy. We love Jeff, my, my boy Jeff Gordon. We hate Daryl Waltrip. Get rid of him. Um, <laughs> Fox is scrambling. So I have more thumbs down. I have more thumbs. Fox is scrambling because thumbs down to Fox for hyping up the, the Women's World Cup and, and, the, and the U.S. Open both in the summer. It is February. I do not care that the U.S. Open is at Pebble Beach. Because I, I will, because I will not watch it. I will also not watch the the women's World Cup live because one, I'm very busy over the summer. Two, I have better things to do, like enjoy I don't know the good weather outside. The U.S. women's national team is not going to win the World Cup. They're playing in France, which is a team that has had their number for a number of years. Um, women's World Cup is trash. Sixty-four teams. It should stay. With, it should have stayed at thirty-two because the other thirty-two teams are nations that don't have developed. Develop, they're, first of all, are not developments with women's soccer. So a high school team, a college, a women's college team could go out and beat like Nigeria. So it's thumbs down to Fox. They've ruined soccer for me. They ruined the World Cup. They ruined the Gold Cup. Alexi Lawless is a degenerate. I will fight him. I will put him in a chokehold. Yes. Um, thumbs down to Fox. Thumbs down to Fox is making me sad. But NASCAR is back. And I love Mike Joy. But Daryl Waltrip is an absolute clown. But actually, they made the right move. They're slowly moving Michael Waltrip off main broadcast and putting him in the studio. And thumbs up to Fox for hiring uh, my girl, Lindsay Zarniak. She's back in her element. We love her on the NASCAR coverage. Yeah. Her and, Sh- her and Shannon Spank can save you know, the, the, the nonsense of, of quote-unquote hosts they have. That's pretty much it. Uh, but thumbs down to ESPN as well. Thumbs down, thumbs down to ESPN for showing Murray State for the wrong reasons. I think they're still undefeated. I have to check because there's a guy, there's a guy on Murray State who that's the, that's the thing. This is why ESPN sucks. There are good college basketball players out there, and there the, and there's the guy and there's the guys that get um, unnoticed and whatnot. 
you know, even from the big schools, you know, there's the there's the Damian, there's the Damian Lillards, there's the Paul Georges, there's the Clay Thompsons, there's the guys that play in the schools that don't, that don't get any sort of um, coverage, and yet all of a sudden they they come out of the woodworks and are good in the NBA. And you think, you know, where in the wake, where did this guy come from? It's like, oh, he played at this school who made the NCAA tournament, but you wouldn't have noticed because ESPN is too busy, you know, rubbing the balls of John Calipari to try to get whatever. And so I say thumbs down to ESPN because Murray State has this good player. And I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find the record because I want to say they Oh, never mind. Thumbs down to ESPN because they pimped this guy on Murray State thinking I'm going to I'm going to get his name right. I'm not, but he's there. Oh, uh uh Jai Morant. Because it's he's immediately caught everyone's attention from like the analytical side. Just because he just because ESPN Sports Center highlighted him dunking over someone. Now, it'd be great if his team was undefeated and nationally ranked, right? Well, they're tied for first in the Ohio Valley. They have two losses, and they're up there with Belmont and Austin Peay. And Murray State plays Austin Peay this weekend on ESPN2. So I encourage you to watch it. But it's much, as much like when I was talking with my brother the other day about Buffalo. Buffalo upset Syracuse and West Virginia and was number 13 in the country. Yet, they might not even make the tournament because the selection committee sucks, and they might not even win their conference. Murray State is still in that in that same trap game. They have this great national talent. He's probably going to end up being an All-American, but no one is going to notice him because they might not even win their conference, which is a big middle finger to the NCAA. But thumbs down to ESPN for making this guy put him on a pedestal for no reason because it's not March yet. And no one cares about the NBA prospect in college. We just want to watch college games. Uh, and final thumbs down to um, to Butterfinger. They have this really weird commercial, the stupid alien. First of all, no one eats Butterfingers anymore because they use the same chemicals, you know, as like chlorine and 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 pen like lead paint. It sticks to your teeth. <laughs> Uh, we love we are team Reese's till the day we die, and Alex Bellman still leads the duels. So any other final any other final sh- thoughts and shout outs before we close the show? Uh, watch out when next time you're eating chicken jelly soup. And yeah. hey, look right now, I have not been paying full close attention. I'm assuming guys are on pit road because I see Brendan gone. Our boy uh, yeah. is currently leading the Gatorade duel. Again, I'm assuming that's because guys are on pit road right now, but still love Brenda gone. Yeah. Sponsored by South point resort, which I will be going <laughs> to when I make my return visit to Vegas in March. Yes. For the tournament. Yes, sir. Yes. Cannot wait. So, so that's a tease. Stay tuned. We'll have our full day 10 500 coverage. Also next week, we find out why NASCAR's dead as they roll into Atlanta. That's the problem is can NASCAR keep up the momentum as they go to the, the awful tracks, the Californias, the Las Vegases of the world. But uh but uh, but everyone, you know, for now, radio, thanks for listening. As always the podcast is readily available whenever you desire. Beep three sixty, blogtalkradio.com, the social pipes, the Apple Podcast, Notorious Ben Florence, I'm Mike Gardner. Have a great weekend. 
keep it keep it locked and glued to the TVs because um, Big Brother's watching. Actually, no, we're we're just gonna be watching TV. But until then. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.